Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. This is more than just another PGA tournament. This is the CJ Cup. And the fall swing heads to Korea? No. Come on, man. Due to COVID restrictions, the CJ Cup will stay in Las Vegas as the golfers will look to dominate Shadow Creek. And for those of you those of you who need a little jolt to the memory, this is where the match Tiger and Phil took place. Plus, it's every DFS player's favorite type of event, a no-cut. <sighs> Come on, man. And for the first no-cut event of the year, the cut line is here to break this garbage down. Hello, Canada. Hello, Australia. Hello, USA. Hello, UK. Hello, Germany, Belgium, Portugal, Spain, New Zealand. Hello, Ireland. Welcome to the new and to the old, to the hottest show for PGA DFS that you're going to find. And now the cut line continues to do great things. And growing your bankroll on a weekly basis is just one of them. But we couldn't do it without our sponsor. Take the work out of your workout. The Hawaii chair. You know, Tamara, the Hawaii chair wasn't designed just for home. I mean, after all, for some of us, at least 40 hours of our week is spent sitting behind a desk at the office. So to see what office workers think of the Hawaii chair, we sent Aaron Lee to work. Hi, I'm Aaron Lee with Perfect USA, and today we've brought the Hawaii chair to a very busy work environment. Let's get some first time reactions. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. That feels great on my abs. I can really feel this working. Hawaii chair while answering phones, using the computer, balancing books, or filing paperwork. You can hardly call this work. With the Hawaii chair, it takes the work out of your workday. If you can sit, you can get fit. The Hawaii chair. Thanks, Aaron Lee. Now the cut line takes a while to record the research, the analysis, the in-depth golf and PGA perspectives. And most chairs, I'd be wiped out and unable to complete any cut line task. But with my Hawaii chair, I not only get the comfort, but a fantastic workout at the same time. I love my Hawaii chair when I'm building lineups late Wednesday night. And I'm just losing my focus. Turn on my Hawaii chair, boom. Winner after winner, six of six through. Get your Hawaii chair. You'll love it. I love mine. Boom. Winning. Welcome to the Cut Line. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S. And the positive vibes keep rolling. And just want to say thanks, Doc Redman. Thought you were a free play last week. Terrible. Oh, and remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to... This show is always and, better uh, with my man, Zach Manafort, the 6K maestro, the lineup slayer, the master slicer with a Ginsu, 
and a tailor-made driver. Aiming left, but ends up right mad, Money Manafort. But Zach is getting busy in real life. Job is just taking a lot of Zach's time right now, so he's going to be on a little hiatus. Not long, I hope. And I'm not quite sure when the big guy will be back, but Mad Money Manafort will be back soon. In the meantime, this show just gets yours truly. So we're going to hop right into the good, the bad, the ugly calls from last week that kind of made and broke our lineups. We did have some 6-6 through, which was good to see, and our good, obviously, Marty Party. Party Hardy Marty. Martin Laird, man, wins the tournament, called him in the 6K range. Now we're going to go straight to the bad. The bad's going to be Doc Redman. Doc Redman I had a lot of exposure to, and he just killed me. Also killed my cash lineup. But there was nothing more ugly than Colin Morikawa. I elected to play that guy. And then do I find out maybe an hour or two after tee-off, the guy's swinging new sticks. I always like fading those guys. It was, oh, it was brutal. It was brutal. So now the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the CJ Cup. We're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They're funny guys. Just kill one of them. To make sure that you guys are building your best lineups for this weekend's tournament. Should bring in timely wax greenside send traps and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And the goal of the cut line is to make sure that you're creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names and scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. Bah, on fire. So, need leverage for this weekend's tournament? I know I'm going to be checking out FanShare Sports even with my own personal ownership projections. I know the second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, fan, share, sports. Why, you ask? Simple. I'm the guy at FanShare who does the ownership projections. So if you're not subscribed, fix it. Very easy. Go to FanShareSports.com, input the word cut line in the discount option, and you'll receive 20% off your monthly membership. Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled the cj cup no cut event west coast time golfers going to be tackling shadow creek some of these guys we have not seen since the u.s open so it'll be interesting to see their current form anyways shadow creek playing as a par 72 this course stretches out to 7525 yards but do not be intimidated we are in the desert that ball is going to fly a little further thanks to that altitude there really isn't a ton of knowledge in terms of stat analysis on this, on this course other than what we saw in the matchup between Phil and Tiger. With them, we saw them hit plenty of fairways, but attacking the greens was about average at best. This course, in my opinion, should play pretty easy, yet it'll be set up for a PGA Tour, Tour event, but it's unlikely players are going to have difficulty scoring. I do ex- anticipate under, under par, under par, similar to last week. So for you grass lovers out there, we got Bermuda from Tita Green and then Bent Grant Grass Greens once they reach a putting surface. So very, very similar to PC Summerlin of last week. Key stats we're looking at. Just because we have none, looking kind of average out those golfers, looking at strokes game approach, ball striking off the tee, strokes game par fives, 
par fours, and DraftKings scoring. So this will take us to our breakdown of this weekend's tournament. These two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So welcome to our Birdie Your Better segment, where I am going to break down each tier of golfer. And we're going to do something a little bit different this week. We are not going to have a segment with Can't Do It, simply because I just don't want to say that there's chalk here that I don't want to eat. Um, I think this is a wide open tournament. And lastly, we're just going to combine that 6K range. And the reason that we're doing this is it's a no-cut event, right? And we're going to look at that 6K range and try to take advantage of players that could potentially help our lineups because you're going to need the winner no matter what. And as we've seen in these WGC events in the past with the no cuts, as we've seen in the CJ Cup with the no cuts, that the best golfers in the world typically win these tournaments. They typically are more successful in these tournaments, so we are going to ride that correlation. Specifically, when you look at this tournament history, okay, just for the CJ Cup, and I understand that. You know, we're not playing in Korea right now, but Justin Thomas, he's 10,800. He won in 2020 and he won in 2018. Brooks Kepka won in 2019. Okay, that's just this tournament alone. If you go down in that 6K range, the only player finishing in the top 10s are Mark Leishman, Cam Smith, Benny On, Danny Lee. That's it. That's it for top 10s in the 6K range. That's not a lot. So if you're going to go stars and scrubs, know that you're going there with some risk. I um, want to do say one thing about Cam Smith. He's going to be real chalky. He's finished top 10 three times, tied for third, tied for seventh, tied for third. So if you are going to fade him, um, do so with your own risk. Now, remember, those were at Korea. This is not in Vegas. So it's a different Cam Smith. And hopefully, if a fade of Cam Smith might be plentiful, it could be useful for you in your lineup construction and lineup builds. Anyways, starting at the top. Uh, the player I like most, I think who everyone's going like, to like most, is Dustin Johnson. He's been phenomenal since the restart with just amazing play. When you look at his recent form, okay, sixth at the U.S. Open, won the Tour Championship, second at the BMW, won the, the, won the Northern Trust only lost strokes in two places on approach and around the green and that was at the tour championship in the bmw where he finished first and second respectively so if there's anyone coming in with incredible form right now it's dj now one thing that causes me to be concerned about him his performance is that bent grass putting that surface is his worst but we also know that dustin johnson has one of the best scores ever at shadow creek so you know, pick your poison here. I'm most definitely going to play Dustin Johnson. I think he's a great play, a great fit for this course. Going down, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy. Obviously, they're, they're elite plays. I like Rory McIlroy a little bit more here. I think you get a little bit leveraged ownership compared to John Rahm and, and Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson. And, and the point is that Rory's restart has been bad. We haven't seen a great form from him. He just had a baby, so people are going to be concerned. I think they're going to attribute their own lifestyles with children to Rory's lifestyle. This is four rounds of Rory McIlroy. If we're going to get him at single-digit ownership, possibly 10% ownership, he's a great pivot. 
I'm most definitely going to go straight to Rory and play him. With him and DJ at the top, they are most definitely my two favorites. And of course, this is a common theme I'm going to do here this podcast. I'm going to play a lot of guys who played last week. And who can forget Matt Wolf? Matt Wolf's game, phenomenal right now. It is looking really, really good. So, second at the Shriners, second at the US Open, 16th at the BMW Championship. He looks really good. Lost in that playoff. Uh, Party Hardy met a Marty Laird, won that thing. But look, you can't deny the success of Matt Wolf and the fact that he's a min $10,000. He's going to be chalky, right? His recent form, everything like that. He might be the chalk donkey. I'm okay with that. I'm willing to eat four rounds of Matt Wolf. Going down to the 9K range. Again, same thing I was saying before. Morikawa and Matsuyama missed the cut last week on the number. Both were in at minus six. Cut was at a ridiculous minus seven. And I think that was the lowest on modern tour. But when you look at certain statistics with them, in my confidence, Morikawa, number eight. Matsuyama, number 10. Okay. Continuing on, in my overall stat model, 24th and 30th. My aggregate model, 13th and 22nd. Okay. So, so they're looking very good. But the one thing I like about Morikawa and Matsuyama, their scoring ability. They're most definitely big time scorers that I want to take advantage of. Are they going to be lower owned because they burned people last week? I actually think so. I think that people are going to look at last week and they're going to hold true. I just think there's an advantage to playing last week at TBC Summerlin and versus now going straight into Las Vegas. You know the weather, you know the temperament, you, you, you kind of have a better feel for your game playing all week, playing competitive golf. The one concern about Morikawa that I didn't find out until after lock last week was the fact that he's swinging new sticks. That's always a concern. So other players in the 9K range, Brooks Kepka coming back since his little knee issue. Not going to do it. Uh, I'm not going to play him. I know he's going to be like single-digit own. Right now he's a great leverage spot, but you're going to get four rounds of Brooks Kepka. I'm just going to pass because I really don't know how aggressive he's going to be. Uh, this is obviously a tune-up for the Masters. I think that's what all these rounds are going to be for Kepka. He's not in it to necessarily win. You're already guaranteed four rounds of Brooks. Is he going to withdraw after Saturday because of knee pain? You don't really know. Am I playing cautious? Sure. It's just that I just don't think Brooks Kepka can win at 9,700. Not an unhealthy Brooks. And of course, the last guy in the 9K range I'm interested in is Patrick Cantlay. Guy's been looking very, 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 very good in my model rankings. So, for example, in, in my actual CJ Cup ranking, in the model, he ranks number seven. And uh, he ranks really well in those strokes gained part five, which I think is going to be pivotal here to score. Um, DK points, though, 20th in this field, 20th overall in this field. When you look at like just my research model, top 20 in ba- basically every major statistical co- category in the last 50 rounds. Looking at my personal model, 24th in my confidence ranking. So that's kind of a red flag, but where I'm going to go, kind of go past that, is that he's 6th in my putting model, 16th in my overall stat model, and I'm projecting him for 7th best golfer overall. So I think there's a lot of upside here for Cantlay, especially if you want to go down out of that 10K range and start there and just kind of build with that 9K range. So we're going to go to that 8K range, and I am going to buy Sung M, Scotty Scheffler, and Harris English. Okay, First of all, Sung the Terminator. He's obviously found his game. He's found it back. Concerns with him? Same thing I always have with him. Bent greens, okay? The thing is, though, we're getting four rounds of Sun J M, and he could potentially dominate. 
13th at the Shriners, 28th at Sanderson Farms, 22nd at the U.S. Open, and 11th at the Tour Championship. So that's three straight missed cuts. Obviously, there's no cut at the Tour Championship. You saw him play well. And then before that, you saw him make the cut at the BMW. So we're looking at a Sun JM who's motivated, who started very, very rusty, very rough. But I'm going to buy here. I like the fact that he played last week. I like the fact that he made the cut last week. So Sungjae looking good. Next play here, Scotty Scheffler. All right. Scotty Scheffler is an interesting spot. You look at him since he's gotten back from COVID. Okay. 37th at the Sanderson Farms. I thought that was a great tune-up for the Shriners where he actually missed the cut. So... You're going to have to deal with the ups and downs with Scotty Scheffler, but the fact that he played these last two weeks, you got to figure that he's out of the woods in terms of the rust, and hopefully he could just put together two, three solid rounds of ridiculous scoring. The other reason I want to play him, I think he can win. That's really what it comes down to. I think Scheffler can win this tournament, just like the other guys that I'm mentioning. Next guy we're going to look at, Harris English, missed the cut at the Shriners. Another guy that I'm going to attack and address. The reason that I want to attack these guys that missed the cut at the Shriners is because, look, they're really good at golf. Fourth at the U.S. Open for Harris English. He had the longest running, like, made cut streak since June of 2020. 17th, 13th, 18th, 19th, 23rd, 2nd, 40th, 12th, 4th, and missed cut. You're telling me that of all those tournaments I just mentioned, one fortieth place, one miscut, and the rest are top twenty-five finishes. At eighty-six hundred, I will take that Harris English. Looking at my confidence model, he ranks number twelve in my aggregate model, number eleven overall. And at eighty-six hundred, I think that's a steal. Another guy I'm going to pass on though in this eight thousand range is Jason Day. He's swinging new sticks. I just have no interest in guys who are trying out new equipment, getting ready for the major in the end of November. It's so weird saying that the Masters. At the end of November, God, that's going to be fun. Going to be fun. Moving down in this 8K range, Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler is the one player I'm going to pass on in regards to a guy who missed the cut last weekend. And the reason is is that he just keeps blowing up. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that Fowler is a bad play for four rounds. The problem is if he keeps having that one round where, you know, he gets a double and a triple bogey and then is out of contention to win, because that's what you need. You need that, like, you basically need the nuts, top five or better. And I don't know if Ricky's game really resembles that type of play, especially in this field right now. Of course, you can always trust the putter with Ricky Fowler. Fits this course very well. Um, Ideally, though, I... I can't go to Ricky anymore. He's kind of fit in that mold of can't play, part of that rule where, where he's just joining that list of, no, can't do it permanently. And that's kind of where Sergio Garcia was for a little bit. So go down to the 7K range. And this is kind of like where I think you're, a lot of your bread and butter is going to be made. And I'm going to go to Ian Poulter. Look, if you look at Ian Poulter's like tournament history, his, his wins, a lot of them, have come between September and December. So being that we're in October, and we've also seen him place well at the CJ Cup before with uh, 15th in 2017, 10th in 2018, 16th in 2019. Look, I, I like Poulter here. I think he's going to play solid. His game looks really good. 
And we've seen him play well overseas. We've seen him play well here in the States. Ian Poulter is, is not necessarily a sneaky play because I still have him projected at double-digit ownership, like at like 12%. But that's a low number for this 7K range, considering when you're looking at guys like Neiman, who's going to be 20%. Um, so I, I think it's a sneaky play in terms of hopefully he gets suppressed ownership and people go somewhere else with their lineup builds. But 12% kind of makes sense here. So pivoting off of that, though, I'm going to go right up to 79, 7,800 with Brendan Todd and Justin Rose. Brendan Todd's kind of like one of those question marks, right? He He's 28th in my aggregate model, but 47th in my overall stat model. But the reason I like him is because he's number one in putting on Ben Greens in that model and 21st in scoring. So while he doesn't necessarily fit all those criteria, I think he's the perfect GPP play. Maybe not a core play, but like one of those filler rules. Brendan Todd's kind of sneaky here. Now, do I think he could win? No, I don't. But I do think he can top five. And top fiving at 7,900 is plenty. Next guy I want to mention is Justin Rose. All right, Justin Rose. Interesting spot. We've seen like a game that's been up and down, strikes and gutters. You don't really know what you're going to get from Justin Rose. He fired his swing coach. All those kinds of things. But the things I love about Justin Rose, best putting surface by far, Bent Greens, by far. But now you look at his game at the U.S. Open, missed the cut. But who didn't miss the cut, really, at the U.S. Open? Like They, they, they were eaten alive. And it's okay that Justin Rose didn't play well. But before that, you saw his game really kind of transcend and move in the right direction at the Northern Trust. I think this is the one case where the time off is going to help his swing and help his game because people who kept playing with him or following him noticed that like he was just off. He wasn't right. Now, he switched clubs. He got rid of the, of the PXGs, which I'm happy about. And you look at my model now, and part of it's because of recent form, but he's only 38th in my overall stat model. But in terms of putting and scoring, 12th and 10th. And if you look at my confidence model, number 18 overall. So at 7,900, I will take single-digit own Justin Rose. Moving down in that 7K range, other guys that I want in this in, in, in this field is Russell Henley, Billy Horschel, and Bubba Watson. Again, they are going to be popular. They are going to be that double-digit ownership, but I think these are guys who could play well on this course. Bubba obviously drives it well, hits fairways. Billy Horschel, kind of the same, same thing that we're looking for from him in terms of being able to score and putt but of those guys like there's going to be inconsistency like for russell henley for example a bad putter okay so these are three guys though that i am going to have in my lineups moving down to that like 6k range okay this is where you need to pick the guys that are going to top five top ten in my list is not exclusive to these guys but these are my favorites and it's kuchar connors mackenzie hughes Adam Hedwin, Kevin Na, Dylan Fratelli, Joel Dahman, Kevin Streelman, and Lanto Griffin. I am not going to play any of these guys from Korea. And, and the only reason is, is they're traveling. It's a whole different scenario for them. They're playing different courses, different style courses. It's not the Korean tour. No, thank you. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind that some of these guys can play well. It's just I'm not going to be buying this during a pandemic to where, you know, these players are going to come out of nowhere and win a tournament so looking at Matt Kuchar he's kind of disappeared and part of it's his age his inability to compete uh, but if you did look at last year he played phenomenal 
But the one thing that I like about Cooch here is that he's excellent in those par fours from that 400, 450 range. He's avoiding three putts better than anyone in the field. Continuing on with Cooch, you look at him in terms of like overall research, he's just kind of hovering in that mid-20s, right? He's not necessarily going to potentially win you this tournament, but he can most definitely top 10. And if he gets hot with a short stick, I guess he could could win this tournament, but eh, it's questionable. I, I don't think so. But I do like him as a, as a potential option in GPPs. Of course, another player who worst putting services by far is Ben Greens. So moving down on that list, looking at Corey Connors, another guy that I've been playing a lot lately. Um, he doesn't necessarily pop anywhere in any model. And of course, you're always going to worry about the bad putting services, but he did finish 17th at the Sanderson Farms after two missed cuts. So that's good to see from Corey Connors. You are getting him at 6,900. You're getting a guy who could score for four straight rounds. That's the upside that I'm looking for, especially in this 6K range. And that's what you're looking at with Adam Hadwin and Kevin Na. Now, they're not necessarily scorers, but they can get hot with their putter. Um, hot with the putter means like, hey, maybe we'll start birdieing. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll get close in approach. They don't necessarily fit this course, though. That's my major concern with them, is that there, there's a lot of disconnect with the style to play well here. So if you are going to go with, with Hadwin and Na, do so with some risk. The guy who I think is a solid play here, who might be severely underpriced, is Joel Dahman. Joel Dahman fits this course to a T. In my aggregate model, uh, ranks top 35. Looking at him in terms of putting, you know, he's top 40. In scoring, he's top 40. So he's not necessarily going to pop in anyone's model. But he is going to do potentially, you know, Joel Dahman type stuff. All of a sudden, he comes out of nowhere, plays out of his mind, and plays well. All right, last guy I want to mention, who I think... I am always going to play under 6K is Lanto Griffin. The upside's there. The win equity's there. He fits this course in so many ways. Um, and always just seems to pay off when he's in that 6K range. Again, another player who's not going to pop off in any model, but a guy who I'm most definitely going to roster nevertheless. Um, past that, past Lanto, I don't have a ton of interest. Maybe go to like Taylor Gooch. Uh, he's been playing well lately. Maybe go to Kyung Hoon Lee. Maybe. But we'll see, man. We'll see. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. So that's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the CJ Cup. Join us next week. We break down the Zozo and the return of one Tiger Woods. Special thanks to Fanshare Sports. And I most definitely want to thank you, the listener. Without those wonderful listening ears, this show would not be worth it. Again, Zozo next week. Get them this Sunday. Go and get them. <laughs>